Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from artists and creative mothers sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mum and continue to make art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and mother of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. Thank you for joining me. Today I release three special episodes to mark Father's Day here in the Southern Hemisphere. I chat to three dads to get their take on things and how they continue to create while being hands-on dads. In this first episode, I chat to singer, songwriter, producer and multi-instrumentalist John Anderson. John is from Mount Gambia, South Australia and is a father of one. We chat about balancing creating music with working full-time and being a dad where he finds the time to record these days, and how dads experience guilt. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, John. It's great to have you on this special episode. Thanks very much, Al. So I've got to tell you, everyone, first up, John is my (laughs) brother-in-law. So some things we might say um, (laughs) might go over people's heads, but that's okay. Yeah, so why don't you tell us about your music, how long you've been playing, how you got into it, all the different instruments that you play and that sort of stuff? Right, well, I guess I started playing probably, I think, back when I was maybe in year seven or eight, possibly. Um, I had my oldest brother's acoustic guitar, I believe, uh, that he had left home because he moved out. And I was just basically playing sort of uh, one string, just ding, 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 and um, just, yeah, just moving my fingers along the fretboard and finding notes. I thought, oh, yeah, I could probably get into this. Um, So, yeah, I was mucking around with that. And um, he had a bass guitar too, I believe, which I uh, sort of tried to play as well, which was uh, basically just a bigger version of a guitar. So I had a bit of a muck around with that, but... um, Yeah, that's, I suppose, the very first music thing I ever really played was probably the guitar, and um, up to this day I'm still playing it, obviously, but uh, yeah, and then I I guess it was probably after that would have been a drum machine, I think, I got, which was some kind of small little Yamaha thing that, uh, oh, look, it did the job, Um, but uh, yeah, I was just... Just had like little uh, electronic pads that I just had the drumsticks and I'd just be hitting on there and making little beats. So, um, yeah, I guess that's uh, my first introduction to drums. As the years went on, I I think it was about year 10, I saved up and got my first electric guitar and just basically self-taught myself, and which was very basic stuff at the time. Um some of it still is to this day. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, from there it just uh, it grew and, yeah, that's uh, pretty much where it all uh, began for me, I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, so you've never had any formal lessons in your Never. No. Yeah, good on you. So, and this would have been before the days of YouTube where you could actually watch someone teach yes. you. Yes. Yeah, yep. so you truly are self-taught. Yes, yes, yes. No, it was probably... As I got older and into the teens, I guess you'd have, uh, you know, might stay over at a friend's house or something. And the thing at uh, that period of time was uh, obviously 
Nirvana tunes and uh, but the thing I remember most would have been Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple, which I think most uh, I know a lot of uh, rock or metal heads would uh, know how to play that. So <laughs> so that was but that but that back then that was what it was. It was just yeah you'd either see uh, music videos and sort of watch that, even though you can't really see what they're well if you've got a really keen eye or a good eye you could see what they're playing on the guitar. But uh, it was more uh, more or less. You know, if you could read music, you'd you'd be uh, you know reading notes and whatnot. But for me, it was just sitting around with friends and playing guitar, and you're going, "Oh, what have you done there?" And I'll give that a go. And there's smoke on the water. <laughs> High school in the '90s for you, um, Nirvana. Pell Jam, what were the other things that you were listening to influenced you back then? Uh, back then, I was uh, a rap head and a metal head. So I um, more, I think from recollection, um, well, going back in time a bit, I suppose, the first lot of music was from my oldest brother who was into a lot of various stuff. It was, um, off the top of my head, it was like, Violent Femmes, The Cramps, um, oh, I can't even remember some of the other bands, but there was just, oh, Lucky Like Midnight Oil and just a real big range. Um, and then my uh, my other brother, he was uh, quite sort of strong into rap music, so there'd be Public Enemy and NWA. Um, well, there might have been a bit of Run DMC in there too, <laughs> I believe. Um, so there was, yeah, a lot of rap music. So I had a lot of... Interesting sort of, um, I guess it was like independent, um, I don't know what you'd call a lot of that stuff, independent sort of rock, pop rock or, um, yeah, it was just uh, really experimental stuff. But then there was the the hip hop, so I was into that. And then probably early teens, I think one of my friends got me into um, sort of heavy metal, so I was a, a Pantera um I'm just trying to think of the other bands now. Uh, Pantera and oh, I, as it was funny because as a as a joke, there's there's a band Napalm Death, which I still love to this day. But um, one of my friends actually had a a tape of it, which one of his friends gave him. And it was, uh, I mean, for people that don't know Napalm Death, they were like a grindcore band that uh, back in the early days just played crazy fast music that might even last five to ten seconds that's how long the songs were so um so we listened to that as more or less a joke we're thinking you'll listen to this crazy stuff so but over time um i sort of started actually think this is pretty cool actually was he's going against the grain it's not normal a a normal strong structure and and then had some other friends that really got into it and um yeah so that was that was interesting but it was there more or less more uh yeah pantier and um, sort of those heavy bands back then, but also yeah, the grunge scene. So it was, yeah, obviously Nirvana and uh, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, um, all some, the good ones. All the good ones. <laughs> so yeah, so it was uh, there was a bit of a mixture there, but uh, yeah, now the uh, I was definitely uh, part of the um, grunge listening uh, crew. So yeah. Mm. So with your music, I know that you've done quite a lot of different genres. For you to get into these different sort of styles of music, was it just you were influenced by what other people were listening to, what you heard? You never really had any 
sort of idea that you were going to play a particular kind of music? You were just open to any sort of um, influence, I suppose? Yeah, it was, I think, yeah, just whatever struck a chord. And um, I guess with the majority of my stuff probably lies in the uh, realm of sort of extreme or hardcore or something like that, which um, I don't know, just always been drawn to that sort of um, abrasive style, I guess. And it's, um, yeah, yeah, sort of, I guess there's an expansion, like there's different uh, elements to a lot of that music, but uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's just what sort of grabbed me. So, you know, from playing sort of, heavy heavy rock um you know it's yeah it's just got a um i don't know just a certain feel to it that i've that i've always been uh yeah, i've always felt sort of connected to so i'll play that and then yeah obviously there's more extreme stuff like yeah might be death metal or black metal or grindcore and all that sort of um and all that sort of stuff and and that's just yeah it's just this uh it's almost like sort of therapy in a way i guess um but it, uh, yeah, it's just something that uh, I just found that um, I could see myself doing, and and sort of went down that avenue, and and then yeah, like obviously as time's gone along, there's been other sort of uh, genres, as as we call them, um, that uh, might be a bit more, uh, sort of bit more lighter, and you know, not quite as uh, heavy, and um, like uh, from the last. Oh, I don't know, maybe the last five to ten years has been like I've got into a lot of instrumental rock metal bands and stuff that have a lot of layering, which probably to this day I don't think I can create a song without layering layering it to hell. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, and, and a lot of that's um, just like this sort of wall of sound that uh, that I'm drawn to with just uh, sometimes it's probably a bit too busy, but um, but just yeah, like so many different um, instruments coming together as one, and it just yeah makes this—I uh, don't know—just makes this terrific sound that just uh, pricks the ears up, and you you get right into. So. Mm. Mm. Dad, obviously. Yes. Tell us about your little person. My little person, she's Ruby. She's uh, turning five soon, and she at the moment is singing the house down. Um, and from what my uh, my wife Emma, your sister, yes. <laughs> has said, she's uh, and I think you've said this too that she's got a very uh, mature, powerful voice, she and uh, I know it's powerful. That's for sure. Um, Powerful at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, well, not that <laughs> early, but uh, but it, even this morning, I think uh, we were um, just chilling out, lying on the bed, and just out of nowhere, she just belted out this tune, and just you know, my ears almost exploded. But it was good. It was good. Um, but yeah, she's just uh, just so enthusiastic with singing, and obviously being around Emma, and um, and Emma's teaching her, you know. Not, I guess, not forcing it, but just sort of giving little hints along the way of how to project and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, she's uh, she's she loves 
it's almost like life's a musical for her, really. Um, she, That's a great <laughs> yeah, it's just everything could be just uh, create. Everything could be broken down into a song, really. So, so she's uh, no, nah, she loves singing, and um, yeah, she's just uh, just a happy little uh, girl that goes around singing and um, loves uh, loves being a kid, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So I know personally, Ruby's had access to instruments and like the keyboard and yep. and things like that from a young age. Was that important for you that you wanted to to share that love and that experience of music with her? Yeah, I think so because it's, it's a part of me and Emma's um, life, I guess, and it's, it's always been pretty strong with us. So I thought, uh, you know, without pushing it too much, but that, you know, Rubes, you know, would have, um, you know, say a, like I've got a, like a little Yamaha keyboard uh, that just gets around the house, and she's she's played that, and you know uh, even like a little ukulele, and but yeah, like without um, saying you know oh, you've just have a go at this, play this, just just sort of have it in front and see what happens, and yeah, like over the years she's uh, played some tunes, even one that I actually record and think, geez, I could almost use that in like an intro for a song or something, but. Um, yeah, no, she's. Um, I think I think it's good, um, even if parents aren't into music as much. I think if they can give kids that option to just try it, because it's just such a awesome thing in in my eyes anyway um, to have music in your life. So yeah, and if if kids get into it, they get into it. If they don't, they don't. But yeah, Rube seems to be. Um, she seems to enjoy it. definitely the singing part. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, for mm. sure. Yep. So you've done a lot of writing and recording yourself over the years. Yep. Has it been something that you've gone into as like you find it, you said it's so important in your life, it's something that you go to to, you know, work through, you know, challenging times in your life. It's sort of the therapy like you you use that word. It's always been there for you. I reckon, yep. I think it's always, regardless if it's been therapy or just, you know, jumping in the room and recording something that's just, you know, off a, a vibe or a feeling you've got. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely a form of therapy and, um, yeah, so sometimes it might be just jumping in there and, and just seeing what I can do and other times, like, you know, really, you know, feeling something of the day and you just think, you know, instead of, uh, I don't know, like if it's, if you're having, you know, a bit of a bit of an ordinary day or something like that, it's... Um, Sometimes yeah, it's good just to uh, just to go in the room and and see what to, see what pours out and um, yeah, and if it if it works out, just to hit record and see how it goes. And so yeah, I'd, I'd say that some well maybe probably maybe half and half. A lot of it's uh, got more um, I don't know what would you call it more. Um, there was more emotion probably put into it. And whereas others are just more of a sort of a creative work, but uh, yeah, for sure, I think it's definitely a, a therapy. Um, 
which uh, definitely sometimes with, uh, I say, heavier music, I think, uh, not that it has to be evil or anything like that, but I think uh, as aggression goes and letting out frustration, that I think sometimes that can be good, especially if uh, you've got yourself a, a drum kit. It doesn't have to be great, <laughs> but jumping on a drum kit and thrashing the uh, living heck out of it can be... Uh, be quite um quite good so uh, you quite, know quite soothing. yeah soothing you know you can just uh, lash out and then just like ah that's better mm. so um and all the better if you've recorded it and yes yeah. with it. that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. how do you go these days when as a, a father you work full time um how do you find the time to actually get in there and like you said if you just want to get something down or you have an idea like how do you manage that you sort of in your day-to-day, I guess. Well, as you know, it's very tough. <laughs> uh, I think uh, before before Rubes came along, um, it was, uh, you know, you could, um, you just basically had the freedom to at night. Um, like, for instance, I remember I could be in my uh, recording room and oh, it could be a, as you might be aware of this, it could be hours have passed and uh, Emma might knock on the door and come in and say, do you realise what the time is? And I'll be you know, looking at my phone or something going, oh, crikey. So <laughs> time just goes and it's to me it's good because when you're being creative, I think you need that you need that space and time. Even if, you're, even if you're not doing anything, which in some people's eyes might be just, you're just bludging, just sitting, you know, you know, just playing a tune on a guitar, but you but you're constantly thinking and you know thinking of stuff. Whereas um, now, since Ruby's come along, it's sort of almost like scheduled time. Which, oh, don't get me wrong, you can still be creative, but it's it's like you've got this vice on, and it's sort of like this. You've got this time frame, like right, you know, I've got maybe an hour tonight to 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 work on something, and you know you could spend 55 minutes of that trying to work it out and then you've got it. Oh, well, look, time's up. So, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I guess it's definitely time has been a lot more restricted, but, um, but you can still make it work. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a bit, bit harder to, to sort of relax and have that vast freedom that you used to have. But, um, it's like, you can't, just get there when the moment takes you. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to go do that. It's, yeah. Well, that has to wait till 7 o'clock tonight. Yeah, you yeah. Know, hold that thought. Yeah. After bedtime. Yeah. And she's you, asleep. Yeah. How do you go then in the house now with Rubes to, like, the sound, like the noise? How, how do you manage that? Like, is that hard? Uh, well, I guess the majority of my recording that I do now is pretty much at night time. Um so really when she's asleep, I, that's probably when I do the majority of it. Occasionally I might do some in the, say, in the daytime, afternoon or whatever, and uh, I'd have I'd have the door shut behind me and if I'm, you know, playing guitar or something, I'm constantly looking over my shoulder and I'll hear a knock or something and I'm thinking, oh, I've got five more seconds, please just wait, wait. But then, you know, if, it, if I get interrupted, you know, that's just life. But... Uh, it can be hard, but yeah, I, I think now I know that um, I'm probably strictly a night recorder now. So, um, so yeah, things just uh, have to wait. I mean, I can still play, you know, guitar, or you can think of things during the day, and you might if you've got like a little um, 
record an XT and you can think of something. Not not that I'm a singer, but I'll try to sing something and and have an idea, and then I might put it to to use later on. But um, yeah, it's just a it's definitely a nighttime thing for me now. So so uh, we're obviously with going back to the time restrictions. You sort of you know if you working whatnot you can't be up all hours like when you in your younger days and think you can bounce back in the morning so it's um you still got to get your beauty sleep so um <laughs> so yeah that takes uh takes a little bit of the hours out of the day but yeah you just got to work with what you got so yeah that's it isn't it it's all about negotiation and when your time's not your own it's like indeed going yeah gotta gotta get it in there somewhere yeah So do you do collaborations with anyone at the moment? Yes, I've got uh, an old friend that I went to school with, um, Steve. Uh, we've got a, uh, a little music project called Early Loader. Um, it was a uh, it was originally a, a three piece. We had a uh, our other friend Eddie who uh, he was missing in action for a lot of years, and he was a hard man to track down. But um, but only the last. Three, I think, the last three years we um, we've been sort of messaging each other over uh, messenger or um, text and saying we want to get back into it and um, and interesting like with COVID um, and sort of travelling and whatnot, we worked out a a little system that he could uh, record guitar parts and his vocals and he sends them uh, to me through um, Dropbox. And then I put them onto my recording desk, and I um, program drums to it and and mix it. And uh, haven't mastered it yet, but I'll get there one day. But uh, mix it all up, and yeah, and we've we've made uh, two albums since um, about two thousand eighteen, I think it was. And um, you were in the process of doing a third one, so yeah, we're pretty pumped with that. So um, yeah, that's been a little bit of a project. Um, uh, well, and I suppose also there's LMJ, which you'd be uh, familiar with. Uh, <laughs> so Let's that... tell the people about LMJ. <laughs> <laughs> so Alison, Emma and John, LMJ. Um, meditation music, uh, music for relaxation, and it's fantastic. You did just everything, and then Emma and I just rocked up and did some la dars over the top. <laughs> oh, no, it was a team effort, team effort. So no. what instruments did you play on that, just for the people uh, who might be familiar? That was, I did guitar and keyboard for a couple of the songs, I believe, and um, I think that was, uh, I think it was about it, I think. There might have been some drum program. No, I can't really remember now. A lot um, of layering in that. Oh, layering, yes. And reverb. Oh, the reverb. Oh, no. Got to have the reverb. I'm, uh, I'm a junkie for reverb. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to cut back on my reverb these days, actually. Um, <laughs> no, you can't. You'll be in trouble. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, so that's uh, that's what I did. And then um, you ladies put your, your lovely vocals to it and, and a bit of a flourish with uh, oh. maybe the uh, – Tambourine, a little bit of percussion, singing bowls too, singing I believe. Singing bowls, yep. So, no, it's, that was a fantastic project, which is about mm. to turn 
six oh. at the end of this month. Yes, yes, wow. Six. There you go. Crazy. Steve, that you do your your collab with your albums, yep. is he a dad as well? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So he's facing those same challenges when yes, can, when he's yep. going to get it back to you and get yeah. it done. And yeah, he's uh, so really um, apart from himself and Emma when she's you know when she's got small times to do music. I uh, yeah, I don't know too many other people personally that you know are fathers, mothers that are doing music. But Steve, yeah, he's um, He's a sort of, a, I guess, a fairly new dad too. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's definitely he's a he's a boss, um, and he's so he works a lot of hours every week, and just to find the time um, from working and family life, and then you when he's got a moment, he'll uh, jot something down and uh, you know send it to me, and then you're oh yeah, I'm not happy with that. I'll, I'll send you something maybe tomorrow night, depending on how the night goes, and that's what I'm really saying to him too, is I'll say to him, you know, oh, look, I'm going to try to work on that tonight, but fingers crossed if we have a good night or a bad night, say with Rubes, if she wants to go to bed or doesn't want to go to bed or something, or or something, anything else that yeah. uh, crops up, but um, yeah, that's 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 how, uh, how he works too, and just finding the time, and yeah, it's just, uh, it can be, can be tricky, but you know, you can you can just get the time in somewhere and, and, and make it happen and sure it might be a bit more drawn out but if you you keep the fires going or you uh, you get your end product somewhere down the line. So yeah. Mm, that's the thing. You have always got that intention that you wanna you wanna do it, you right. you're getting back to it. It's just that slotting it in where yes. it can. Yeah, yeah for sure. So when you're doing that work for Alenjo, yep. how do you sort of come up with those songs? Uh, it's uh, pretty much improv. Um, it's sort of, I guess it's playing something quite mellow for a start and um, yeah, just I guess finding a tune that's, um, I guess, sort of resonates with uh, relaxation and, and all, this, all those wonderful things that come with it and then... Yeah, just finding guitar on top of that that uh, fits in, I guess, with the, um, I suppose, what do you call it, the, uh, the root note, whatever you want to call it, and um, yeah, and just, I guess, just seeing what fits with what, and then, uh, as you be aware, the songs, they almost seem like they're sort of uh, two halves put together, so the first, first is normally, the, you know, the same sort of tunes, and then the second half of the songs are... Completely, you might go completely somewhere different, but uh, but yeah, it's just all um, I guess improv feel, um, 
and just see what comes out. And don't get me wrong, there's been a lot on the scrap heap. Uh, I'll be playing something like, nah, nah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'll get something that I think is uh, not too bad and, and then, yeah, record it, mix it up and, um, yeah, see how it goes. Mm, just keep, keep building on it and seeing what, yeah. what happens. Yeah. So you touched on then, John, that there's not too many other musicians in your circle that are parents. So have you sort of found it hard then to, I guess, have a a role model or some sort of guide of how you're supposed to do this, how you fit this into your life and keep creating while you're such a hands-on parent? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, I suppose it's a tricky one because I can't, I can't really, yeah, I haven't really modeled it off anyone, um, you know, apart from you might see some, uh, YouTube clips of say uh, Dave Grohl or something with his kids, uh, and not that I'm comparing myself to Dave oh, Grohl here, but um, you can be honest. You can be honest. <laughs> but um, you know all these uh, big musicians, and you can you know I see a clip of them in the studio when their kids are coming in saying, "Hey, I thought we we're going to go swimming or something," or you know, "Daddy's just got to do this guitar bit, and then I'll be right there." Like, um, no, I can't really. I can't. You haven't really got any anything to really base it on uh, apart from just my own experiences and um, just over time, you know, realising what works for me and, um, yeah, and then just just going with that and then obviously as uh, time goes on and, and Ruth gets older, it'd be probably a bit easier because she's a bit more independent um, and, you know, it's, uh, it might be, yeah, I might have more time to then expand on um, recording and just the whole process, but, uh for now, it's just chipping away at night time and um, seeing what we get done. So I want to touch on the topic of identity. Obviously, I've been speaking to a lot of mums about this, but I want to sort of delve into the dad side of things because it's like a massive big deal to yeah. be to be who you are, doing whatever you like in the world, and then all of a sudden you're a mum and it's like you only exist for this yeah, child, yeah. like you physically exist for the yeah. child. But I guess for a dad who I don't, I'm not being rude or being offensive at all, that might take the second role. No, I believe that. Um, from, mothers are definitely, you know, the mothers. It's different, definitely <laughs> different for the mothers and the fathers. Even if the father does a lot organically and physically and all that stuff, it's so much different for the mother. It's just, mm. just, just the way it is. Well, in my eyes anyway. Yeah, I think for fathers, it does change, but yeah, nowhere near as much as a, as a mother. I don't think going through all that sort of identity. Like of you know keeping your sort of individual identity, you know, just trying to separate motherhood, fatherhood. It, it's it can get lost, and you know the waters can get a bit murky. But but it's definitely very important to to have those two um, separated. You, you, I think you just run yourself silly, and and you and you lose. I don't know, maybe a lot of that passion that you might have for music could sort of wither away a little bit. Because you just feel like that you've, you know, you've got to put family as a priority, and then it's just so exhausting and draining that 
it's easy to just go, nah, you know, oh, one day I'll get there. But I think if you can find the time to, even if it's a little bit, just to, to, yeah, to separate them and, and to keep that um, individuality, I reckon it's yeah. very cool. Another topic that I talk to the mums a lot on this show is about mum guilt, and I do it in the air quotes, yeah, yeah. hashtag mum guilt. Mm. Do you find as a dad that you, you experience anything like that, doing the things you want to do with to keep your – because it is so important to you to keep doing yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd have to say there is there is some, some guilt sometimes, like say, uh, for instance, if, um, you know, I've talked to Emma about um, – you know, like spending or allocating some time um, in an afternoon or something just to, to, to work on some music or something. And, and, you know, everything's perfectly fine in that, but, you know, being in the room, you know, I've got my headphones on playing guitar, I do have that thing in the back of my head that's burning a bit saying, oh, maybe I really should be out there. It's, you know, it's the daytime. I should be out there with my family. What am I, you know, am I being a bit selfish being in here? But then... You know, if you've got people around you that are, you know, being honest with you and, and saying, you know, that's, that's, it's fine what you're doing. Um, you know, and I think you've got to realistically look at yourself outside of yourself and think, you know, it's actually, this isn't too bad. Like I'm, you know, obviously if you lock yourself away from everyone, you know, it might be a different story. But if you, you know, if you're only spending a bit of time here and there and trying to, you know, just, keep that creative spark going. Well, I, I think that's a good thing if, you know, all parties have said, yeah, go ahead and do it. And so, yeah, there, there is, I wouldn't lie and say there isn't, there is that little bit of um, guilt, um, but, yeah, it's, I think it's just a human, human response, really. So, um, yeah, you'd have to be maybe crazy to think you're, you're not to, uh, you know, not you know being guilt free, but um, yeah, I think just it's just a human trait we've all got. Talking before about when you're creating, when you're in the room creating, and you yeah. get the little knock on the door. Yeah. Ruby's quite aware of, of what Dad's doing in there with his music. She's Unless always like been a part of it. Like that, she's coming <laughs> in with a big afro set of hair and daddy I'm like oh hello <laughs> so I just drop everything and attend to her needs so. <laughs> but she's quite um she knows what you're doing does she try and get involved with your music yeah I think um I'll probably I don't think while I've actually been recording um anything she has but there's been uh I've had some lovely little moments where uh I've, I think I've got a couple of the videos of where I'll be um playing guitar or even not even playing guitar and Ruby will say, hey, Daddy, how about you play guitar and I'll dance or uh, sing like, okay, so I'll uh, put the guitar into the amp and just strum out anything and she would just be dancing around like a free spirit and um, yeah, that's that's quite nice doing that, which is, which is a good thing too, um, going back to kids with music, if, if kids love music, I mean it's... Yeah, even if it's just a, an improv thing, whatever, just to um, yeah, play some music together and it doesn't matter if there's mistakes or whatever you're playing, if you're playing in tune or not, I think it's uh, 
it's a really great thing to just um, just that little thing where you're just playing music and dancing and singing and carrying on and, and it's just such a a warm vibe you get from it um, that uh, yeah that's that's really important so um, but yeah there's been uh, there's a couple of instances where she might say um, oh, you know daddy you should record me doing this or doing that so yeah we could do that and we'll muck around but mm-hmm. I don't think there's been any um, recording as of yet anyway that I think the day will come and uh, the day will be coming so uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because uh, um, yeah it would be, it'd be really great to have a, as a part of um, something I create down the track I think it would be awesome really, mm. really awesome so yeah it would be, be good yeah and um, she's actually influenced your work as well because there's a song that you made when just after she was born. Yeah, actually, yeah. The the um, the day she was born, actually, uh, I think I I recorded a little uh, number on my electric acoustic. I think I snuck in before midnight on the day. So um, uh, yeah, I think I just because uh, Emma was in hospital and I I um, I went home for the night and I thought, oh, I've got to mark this occasion. So I think I just. Uh, I don't know, I think I've just got to come to my uh, come to my fingers and my ears and get a bit of out of tune and it's um I think I've called it Welcome My Daughter, I believe. So, um yeah, and I guess yeah, she's I suppose uh, probably with the my music I, I don't know if it's she's uh, or or fatherhood's changed the way I've done music, but definitely thinking of um, topics or issues, say if I do write lyrics for a song or something, I guess that's probably where it might have changed because of uh, a fatherhood and also just generally um, getting older and, you know, your, your views might change and definitely your thoughts change and the way you look at the world changes as you get older. Um, so, yeah, she's probably changed me in that aspect about, uh, yeah, thinking about the world. So is there anything in particular you're working on at the moment, John? Uh, I think just, uh, I think the cogs are still in motion and it's just, uh, I think uh, the stuff I'm doing with Steve at the early later, I think we're still working on a few songs of that here and there when we've got the time. Um, but apart from that, it's just when I've got the time, to jump into the studio, as I call it, and see if I can be a bit creative. But, um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a matter of, Keeping the machine greased and uh, keep the uh, keep the ball rolling and see what uh, the future has in store. Thank you so much, John. It's been a pleasure chatting with you on this special episode. All the best with your music, and I'm sure I'll see you soon. Thank you very much, Al. Thanks for having me. <laughs>